0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela.
1: And I'm Lori, and today we want to sit down with all of you and review some of the social media tools you can use to help grow your reselling business.
0: Some of these tools are beginner level, while others may be a bit more advanced. No matter what category you fall in, we want to provide you with some insight on what you can do to expand your audience.
1: We are excited to share with you the tools we have found to be helpful for building our reselling businesses. I'm sure we've missed a few, so if you know of other helpful tools, we'd love to hear from you. It's always great when we learn from each other.
0: All right, everyone, let's get started.
1: All right, I'm excited for this topic, Daniela.
0: I think it's a topic that gets talked about, but not in detail, if that makes sense. Like people like social media to scroll through, but when it comes in terms of business, I feel like we all kind of like, eh, I don't know what we should be doing. You know, there's so many different things out there.
1: And I think that's the reason. I think because there are so many different things. I know myself, I can get overwhelmed when I think of maybe I want to build a website for Lori's Boston found. And then I'm like, Oh, do I use Wix? Do I do this? Do I hire someone on Fiverr? Like I get so overwhelmed. And then I just shut down and don't do anything.
0: Yeah. And I, it's, it's tough because, so we have these platforms, right? We have Poshmark, we have eBay, Mercari, all these platforms are already developed for us. And then when we start thinking outside the box, like maybe we want to build a a website for our business and expand our brand. It's, it's a little overwhelming.
1: You know, yeah, nice I, I would agree. And, and sometimes like the beauty of like a Poshmark is that we don't have to think too much. Right. And it is all done for us, but yeah. And I think we're, um, you know, noticing certain trends on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I don't, I don't do much with my reselling business on Facebook. I belong to a couple of groups, but I don't utilize it as much. Um, But like, for example, a big trend in Instagram are like Instagram sales now, like some people are bypassing Poshmark and going straight to Insta sales and, um, you know, people are getting creative. So it's fun to see what people are having success with. And, and it's, it might be fun for us to just talk about different things and see how people can, um, you know, use different skills to enhance their business.
0: Yeah, I think this will be fun. I think you guys will really enjoy too hearing our perspective on it because I think Lori and I use social media a little differently, but the same all at the same time. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. we have some similar similar methods, but then we also do things a little differently with the way that we post and share our information. But before we get into all that, we like to recap with you guys as to what's been going on this last week with us. And uh, Lori, your thriftless February is ending. Today is the 29th.
1: I know. Oh my gosh, it went <laughs> by so fast, Daniela. Um, I and I can I can say a couple of things. I can I'm I'm going to do a big recap video when I have more numbers in front of me. But it's been a really great experience for me. Um, the first half of the month, I feel like I was super super strong. The second half, not so much. Um, I have listed um, over 240 items. My original goal was 200, but um, I didn't account for the incoming inventory that was coming. in. so I was hoping to hit 300 by today, but I don't think that's happening. Um, but anyway, um, I think you did really well, Lori, because I mean, it was, it was a big
0: challenge for you, you know, trying to scale back and really look at the business and get all of that back office stuff done and all the things that you've been sitting on, just, just moving things along and going to consignment stores and just all of that other stuff that you just didn't really have time for because you were focusing on the sourcing.
1: Yeah. And And I, what I did learn also is that I really have enjoyed some of those more mundane things, or I'm getting really good at looking at a pile of clothing and saying, yes, no, no, yes, send, donate, like I'm making really fast decisions. And um, I think it's, it's been wonderful. So The whole month has included some trips to consignment. It's included a lot of donating. It's included putting aside a box for the real reel. It's included listing 240 items. And today I'm wrapping things up with um, an Instagram. Well, I advertised on Instagram, but it's also something I've never really done formally or I'll kind of half-ass it, like send it to somebody (laughs) like, oh, sure, today we'll run a 50% off special. But today I am doing buy one, get one free. Um, for my entire Poshmark closet, no exclusions. And it's it's off to a pretty good start. So I think it's just a nice way to just clear some stuff out to make room um, for all of the inventory that I've listed and haven't necessarily put back into my bins yet. So it's how been a really feel, great
0: month. How do you feel about going into March now that your thrift list February is over? Like, Are you going to carry over some of those principles that you've put in place in February into
1: March? Absolutely. I am planning on doing one week per month where that is thriftless because I've really enjoyed this and I've really seen the value in other aspects of my business where, you know, maybe I'm sending out offers or I'm relisting or I'm cross-posting or I'm shooting a video. Some some things, you know, at the beginning of the month, you have your laundry list of what you want to get Mm -hmm. done. And one of the things that has really surprised me is I've struggled a little bit on YouTube because I feel like so much of my content was around hauls. Right. And I've had a lot of people message me like, someone said, I can't wait till Thriftless February is over. Like, I miss your hauls. Or <laughs> someone said, How about March is, oh, what did she say? It was something like, source like crazy March. <laughs> so, that's
0: funny. well, that's what it, people know really- you for, right? Like, we all have things that people know us
1: for, and people know you for your hauls, which isn't a bad thing. No, but, but more, and even when I put other things out there on YouTube, my hauls are what get the most love. So sometimes I'm like, I not sometimes, I mean, I've put a lot of other content out there, but it's not necessarily what people are excited to see. Even me, I'm guilty of it. Like I'm more excited to see what somebody a hundred pounds of what they picked up at Goodwill outlet. Like I get excited for that, you know? Yeah. Um, So I struggled a little bit keeping up with my YouTube videos because i focus focused so much on listing, So I definitely am looking forward to get, getting back to that. But, in, but I'm 100% going to carry things over. And we'll see how things go with the real real, because that is something I would like to continue moving forward. And you, to switch gears a little bit, you had a really good week of sourcing for the real real. So tell me about your week.
0: I have. So I, surprisingly, everyone's gonna be shocked, went over budget just in two days. So, um, (laughs) and it's not March 1st yet. No, it's not even March 1st, but you know, and this is my philosophy around it is if I'm finding items at a really great price point and I know what my return on investment is going to be when I'm sending these items in, or listing myself, I have no problem spending the money, you know, like if I know I'm, okay, I'm spending a hundred dollars today, but I'm going to make anywhere between four to, you know, $700 depending on how
1: the prices fall. I'm okay with that. You know, like that's, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think I, when you're shopping and you're finding like a slam dunk, like yeah, you just there's have no to question that this is going to sell, you know, yeah. Right, it's when you're picking up like those random brands and like so I
0: like I've said millions of times I'm very strategic. So even though I might be paying up a little bit on a few things, I know that my return is going to be worth it. Like and that just I think comes with
1: experience too. So how do you know a return? I mean, because there have been (laughs) certain things for me just playing devil's advocate. Because certain times I'll buy something and I'll think it's a slam dunk, and a year later. So what what are uh, like give me a few examples of pieces that you've bought that you like know for sure.
0: Um, so I, a lot of things that I buy are for the real, real. I mean, I think everyone kind of knows that that's where my gears have kind of switched. So I know that coats and blazers and pantsuits and dresses and all those business like pieces sell really well on the real real. They sell fast and, um, they price them generally pretty high. So if I'm paying, I don't know, let's see, for example, I found a pair of Max Mara pants, uh, they were silk pants. I think they were like three ninety nine at Savers, which is a great price. Uh, they yeah. listed them on the real, real for 135. So a lot wow. of, it, a lot of it's experience though. Like a lot of it is, a lot of it is a guessing game and then you send it and then you kind of get a feel for how they're going to list things. And there are times that you can send, like I sent them a blazer. It was very plain. I don't remember, I don't remember what brand it was. It might've it was either Max Mara, because I am the Max Mara queen, as we all know. You are. Uh, <laughs> it was either Max Mara or it was a Dolce & Gabbana one. I, honestly, I don't remember. And I thought it was going to be listed at maybe $90, because it wasn't anything special. They priced it at 250 So sometimes you just don't know. I think a lot of things, they go by what's trending, what's on the runway. So I try to pay attention to what's happening on the runway because that plays a big part in these consignment type websites, especially one like the real real, they really pay attention to the trends that are out there and what Mm -hmm. the big designers are putting out. And you'll see Mm -hmm. on their homepage, you'll notice that a lot of the pictures and the reels that come up are trends that are, that you've seen on the runway that are now, you know, they're finding secondhand. So, um, I, I really, I just do a lot of research. At the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to, and it's very time-consuming. Like this aspect of reselling is very time-consuming. It's not so much the, you know, photographing and listing. It's looking at the websites, learning what's good, what's selling at a high price point, what people are looking for on those websites, what brands are they highlighting on their, like on their homepage. Burberry was on their homepage for like three months. Wow. Yes. Now it's Gucci and something else. Uh, mm. I can't remember. But you like it it's bright colors. I could tell you that they're looking for bright colors right now, which is huge for spring. Bright, yeah.
1: Pretty mm-hmm. colors,
0: oranges and reds and pinks and corals. Like that's big kind of 90s, right? Those
1: really bright fun colors. Um and so- also very spring. Like just I think spring. everybody comes to life in the spring and I've been really mm-hmm. drawn to floral pattern patterns right now and they photograph well, so I'm always Looking for things that photograph well um, yeah. but but learnings about a platform like the Real Real kind of ties into our discussion for today mm-hmm. with um, social media because it does take time to learn these platforms and that 's why some of us have expertise in certain areas, and that 's why it 's nice when we share information and that 's why it can also be overwhelming sometimes like. I've kind of been a little stalled with sending something to the real real because it's a bit of an unknown to me. It's and so, 100% unknown. Even for me, who does it all the time, it's still
0: like, I don't know, I'm going to send it and see what happens. You know? You just, yeah, and so you know.
1: you're wondering, you know, am I buying into this? Am I spending too much money on this to just turn around and send it to the real real? Is the return going to be good? I'm sure there are some surprises, like you mentioned, where you think something's going to be $90 and then they list it for $250. And the, the reverse, I'm sure, happens sometimes too, oh, where, yeah. oh my gosh, they, they're going to list this for 200 and they list it for 75. So right. you don't know that going in. So with all the social media that's out there, it does take time. And, and I think that's why you've it's become a bit of a niche for you is because you've put yeah. the hours in to learn it and yeah. and now it's really paying off for you.
0: Well, I think the same goes with the social media tools that we use. So I know like for me, for example, I use Instagram. Um, Mm -hmm. that's my main social media tool that I use for reselling. Lori, you use YouTube and Instagram. So, um, you know, that's what you're comfortable with. And I'm, I am not comfortable with YouTube. I have worked with YouTube in the past when I worked, um, in a marketing company, but it's not my wheelhouse. Like that's not something that I'm comfortable with yet. I don't know. Maybe that will change with time. That's kind of the, uh, the unknown when it comes to social media. You never know what turns your business is going to take.
1: Exactly. Um, but
0: Instagram is what I've grown my audience with. So I'm really comfortable with it. I don't use Facebook for my business. Facebook is like my own personal thing where I get to talk to family with that live overseas and um I stay in touch with people from high school with and you know that that's what my Facebook is. And I don't know if I'll ever make a Facebook for my business.
1: Yeah, same. I don't I mean, I don't I don't know. I think I would definitely I'm diving much harder into Instagram right now than I have in the past and Facebook. I don't really know that I want my worlds to collide. I obviously all of my friends on Facebook are welcome. They do watch my YouTube video. They follow me on Instagram. And that's different because they were my friends first, but, or family. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure some people have some success or I enjoy the Facebook pages that are on Instagram. I think yeah, like I follow, the Poshmark groups and stuff. Yeah. The different Poshmark groups. I, I find, I find that I'm not on them as much as I thought I would be. I, I usually go to Instagram for my highlights and YouTube for my information. I mean, I Google everything and whenever I'm trying to learn something, I'm on YouTube watching a video, like how to use my camera, how to create a banner for my YouTube page. You know, there's, there's all sorts of things like Skillshare is another platform that I'm just recently getting introduced to and using. I just got a membership and um, I am taking a video on how to do banners and and use Canva in different ways for YouTube. Canva is another platform and we we could talk all day about all these different tools that can help us. But yeah, we all have a different comfort level with things.
0: So I think let's start talking about um, Instagram because I think Instagram is it's hot, right? Like that's what we're seeing in the reselling world. That's where you're, you're getting most of your information. I know it's where I get mm-hmm. a lot of my, I know I get a lot of information from YouTube as well, but in terms of, um, uh, in that, that this type of platform, right. Where you're posting pictures and writing, um, a description or a, or a story of some sort, and people are commenting and liking and sharing very much like a Facebook thing, right so I think instagram has be has really evolved the reselling business. the information that's being put out there in Instagram and the searchability mm-hmm. of the content it 's kind of changed the game. People are selling on Instagram, people are um, creating profiles where they're just solely giving you information on brands or what they're doing on a daily basis or what kind of sales they're having. And it's creating different groups and different people to come together and become friends with one another who live in different areas. So I think it's, it's become pretty
1: big. Yeah, it's really exciting. And it, and it's quick. You know, I don't yeah. think you can spend as little or as much time as you want to on Instagram. I mean, I'm very guilty. I bet 90% of the people listening right now, I was just waking up, grabbing my phone and like, yeah. you know, days could go by that I'm looking at stories and, you know, because it's fun, you know, you get to see what people are up to. It's real time, uh, which is interesting in, you know, when you're looking at stories, at least. And yeah, it is a game changer in the connections that people make, but it can also be super overwhelming too. And there's that whole, I don't get really caught up in this, but a lot of people seem to get caught up in the whole like comparison thing. It doesn't really bother me. I, I, I don't know how you feel, but like, there's so much discussion over the package stacks. And I think we've talked about this before too, like, doesn't it? I can't say how little it bothers me. Like I I get, I'm happy for people. If, if anything, I'm like, Whoa, good for them. They just sold 10 packages. I should probably go list. Like I don't have bitterness. I, I really don't have bitterness about the packages. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I don't get bitter. It's more, I think, it depends on how the person displays it. Right. And I think that's like, are they being genuine about it? Are they doing it just for the likes, you know, like, and that's just what social media is. Some people are doing it for the likes so that they can grow their brand. You know, they can grow their audience. But isn't that what everybody
1: does? I mean, do you ever post a picture and not care about the likes? Um, Not not care, but like, I feel like that is kind of if we're being honest with ourselves. I mean that's kind of ourself. the point, right?
0: So let's yeah. talk, let's talk about hashtags and stuff, right? So okay. Instagram is heavily based off of hashtags. Hashtags mm-hmm. increases your searchability. And the photo associated with those hashtags also make a difference in the attention that your post will get. So if people are listening, they don't know what hashtags are. Let's say you're brand new to Instagram and to just social media world in general. Hashtags are a little welcome to
1: 2020.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Hashtags is <laughs> a little number symbol. They are the pound sign, um, yes. and then you attach a word to that hashtag. So for example, reseller, reseller life, Poshmark, Poshmark community. There's all these different words that you can put in. Instagram allows 30, I believe, hashtags for each photo.
1: So oh, really? I had no idea yeah, there was a limit. Max. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you can write a bunch of hashtags out and then you post it either as a comment under your photo or within your photos little description area whatever you're typing in as your content and those hashtags are now attached to your photo and now your photo is searchable to anyone who is searching on Instagram for whatever specific hashtag it is that you have put with your picture so there's websites that you can use that that are free that you can put in, um, like it'll tell you like your top hashtags for a certain word. So like if you were to put Poshmark in, it will list a bunch of hashtags that are associated with Poshmark that are on the web and you can yep. kind of pick from those. And and I what I do is I take certain ones and I create different um, like hashtag groups and I'll associate them with different types of pictures that I'm doing and I kind of test it out and see okay. which hashtags are working better than others. Uh, There's also other things you can do, such as tagging. So you can tag brands that are in your picture. You can tag people. Um, And this also increases your searchability because people can search by people. They can search by tags. They can search by hashtags. I mean, there's so many things people can search by. You can shop. You know, you can go by
1: category. Um, Yeah, way back when, when I had less viewers or followers or whatever, I had found a Gucci bag. And I just hashtag Gucci or tagged Gucci. And it was one of, at the time, it was like one of my most liked and frequented and commented on posts. And okay. I was like, wow, I, I didn't really do anything different except for mention Gucci in my in my post. But that's I all you need to do, right? Because of that. Yeah. yeah but I, I was just like, it was just relevant to the content of the picture. So that's why I did it. Yep. And, um, and yeah. And yeah, it definitely <laughs> drove that post.
0: Well, what's so funny is I was talking about this last week with a friend, my, I had two photos that were on the top of the hashtag reseller page, which has never happened to me before. One was the photo that I had um, posted where it was my setup of when I take photos of my shoes.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That
0: was trending on the, on the reseller hashtag page for like two weeks. And it was like the top one or two.
1: How do you know that? How do you so I, like, I, I went know.
0: into search on Instagram and I, and then there's um, the bar on top that says top accounts, tags and places. I just went under tags and I typed in reseller.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm doing it
0: right now. And it says it's 18.2 million posts under reseller. So that, okay, right wait here. a second. Do
1: this again. Explain this okay. again.
0: Go to search. Everyone yeah. is listening Do the same thing. Go to search on the yeah. search bar type, um, you see this, it says top accounts, tags, and places, a little banner underneath search. Do you see that?
1: No, mine says IGTV, shop, travel, TV, and movies, gaming. Oh,
0: click click on, click on the, um, like you're going to type in
1: search. Oh, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Yeah.
0: Now it says tags. Click on tags. And then type in reseller. Mine comes up automatically because I use it so often. And then it will bring up all of the photos that are
1: tagged or I'm sorry, hashtagged.
0: Yeah. So you're saying reseller. tap on the
1: hashtag button. Mm-hmm. So there's like a little guy for people Then tap the hashtag. Okay. So then you just type reseller or reseller yep. community, whatever you're I looking just did, for.
0: Yep. I just did. I just do reseller because it's 18.2 million posts under that. So that right there is telling you that most resellers or most people that are looking up reseller content are typing in reseller. Mm-hmm. Now you can follow that hashtag Reseller, and then Instagram sends you like push notifications, like these are the top posts in right, right. So you can do that. Same with stories. Some people hashtag stories. I don't do that. On occasion, I do it, but you can. They'll pop up here as well, and then you'll see all of the top posts.
1: I see them. Oh, that's really fun.
0: Mm -hmm. So sometimes I do this just to kind of get ideas of what people are posting and what's trending on the Mm -hmm. reseller hashtag, and it kind of gives you an idea of what kind of content you should be putting out there, maybe some different content to go along with what else is out there. That's a great
1: tip, Daniela. I yeah. learned something new today. See, this is where like I know how to use it, but I don't necessarily do the homework around it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I right. I just and I don't do a ton of hashtags. I and I always I notice you always do them in the comment, and I always do them in my um, in my actual underneath the writing of whatever I'm saying for the post, is there a benefit to either one or is it just preference?
0: I've done both and I don't think one's better than the other. I think it just depends on how long your posts are. So my Instagram posts are typically informational, um, Mm -hmm. more content related in terms of like I want to explain something or I want to maybe give some insight on the topic so I because my posts are already long I like to put my hashtags in as a comment if I'm doing something really short where it's more like a quote or something then I'll put it within the actual
1: okay that makes sense that makes sense
0: yeah so that's that's kind of a, a brief very brief uh introduction to hashtags there's tons of youtube videos you can watch on this there's tons of articles but the gist of it is your hashtags increase your searchability the photo i mean your photos don't necessarily attract i mean they can attract people to your post because some people just go and they just like photos they like the photo okay i like this this is pretty kind of thing Mm -hmm. um I don't know. I, Cause I've posted photos that don't really mean anything to me and I didn't spend any time on them and they get a ton of attention. Like the one of my photo setup where I was like, well, this is not going to get any attention at all. And it became like a trending one for two weeks. And then yeah, but you it, all,
1: that was a good message though. I mean, it was, that post it was. was so, yeah. So, and, and I, I thought that was a good image and it was, and you also were, you know, talking about how you don't need a fancy setup to, to do yeah. well. And I think that well, was like a relatable topic. And I think that, you know, for that reason that did well.
0: Yeah. And I think it was the content and not the photo so much. So, because there are times that I post a photo and it's like, it does really great. And I've spent a lot of time on it. And there are times I've spent a lot of time on it and it doesn't do that great. So, I mean, it it just depends. And it depends who else is posting that day too. Like you're not the only person posting on Instagram. People are posting every second. So you you have to keep that in mind. But besides post, you can also do things called IGTV or stories. So stories is like Snapchat, which I never did, but Um, You know, you can go on your live. Well, not necessarily live, but you're talking to people, and people can, you know, they they're listening to you, and it's more of a video format.
1: You can do photo format as well. You can do silly things. You can do fun things. And stories only last 24 hours, in case people don't know. And and it goes to like, it's not in your actual feed. Your right. feed is, you know, usually there are words attached. A lot of people, um, your stories kind of go up above. So if you have your profile picture and you click on your profile picture and the, the little circle in the top left corner of Instagram, that's how you kind of add to your stories. Right. And some people will share tons of it. Like I, my stories are flooded right now because I have a lot of information. And then other days I'll go, I'll go a full day and I might have one one or two images in my stories and you know, they're kind of uneventful. It really depends on the day and the yeah. person.
0: And then there's things like IGTV, which is almost like a YouTube. You can make short clips, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you decide to do. I don't know if there's a max, there might be a max. I've never done one. So I don't know like a max amount of time.
1: for an IGTV. I think they go pretty long. I mean, for IGTV, like your first minute and a half or however long is viewed you know, as you're watching Within your Instagram feed. And then yeah. it will say, you know, 17 minutes re- remain, click to view. Right. And then it actually takes you to off that, off the Instagram feed. And then you can finish the video at your leisure. And, you know, so yeah. I don't know if there's a limit. I've, I've only I done know. one IGTV.
0: I don't know either. I feel like they might have been before, and maybe now they've opened it up because so many people have done it instead of doing a YouTube video. I don't know if you can hear that, but my cat is scratching at the carpet and it's really loud. <laughs>
1: Usually um, it's lucky, like, something his, you know, cleaning yeah. his ear or something.
0: <laughs> um yeah, so I, IGTV, if you're uncomfortable going into YouTube right away, that might be something you want to look into is creating video content on Instagram, which I think is genius that Instagram incorporated that in there in the past year, um, as I think it's it's a, people like video, people like the the written content and people like the visual listening and looking at someone and learning that way too. So I think that's great. I haven't done one yet, but it's on my radar of things I might want to incorporate in 2020, but we'll see. One one thing at a time, Daniela. Yeah,
1: I definitely want to do an IGTV because I just feel like it just, you know, it adds another layer to Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to post more frequently and just connect with more people that way um, and I think it's in it's just a matter of time for that. I actually find YouTube less intimidating for me because I can edit things out. Like if I'm doing IGTV and I say, I'm um, 37 times, it's just going, you know, where on YouTube, I feel like I can just, I, I edit out a lot of the silliness.
0: <laughs> well, here's a question. Can you, cause I've never done it, but I think you can record an IGTV beforehand and then upload it.
1: That that that's quite possible. Probably yes. Probably yes. yes I yeah. don't know.
0: I'm pretty sure you can. I don't know. I've never done it, but I feel like you can do that. I feel like that's an option. I feel like you can either
1: Well see then I'm definitely to gonna do it if I can edit. <laughs>
0: I'm pretty sure you can edit, but we'll right, have to look into even it, but better. I think you can. Um, and let's talk about the number one reason why Instagram is awesome. And it's just the connection you get to make with people and you get to make new friends and find people that are interested in similar things. And that's just awesome.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, it's how we met. It's how yeah. I met you and Leslie and, and all, I mean, the the list is just too long to even start naming names, but it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I like freak myself out now sometimes because I'm a pretty social person. I have, I have some really wonderful friends here in town and it's crazy to me that every day that goes by, I feel like I'm spending more time interacting with my online Instagram, YouTube friends than I am with people who live down the street. It it blows my mind. Sometimes I get mad at myself, like Lori, turn everything off and Phone a friend who you know lives in your community <laughs> so I love these people, you know, and I know but it's it 's unbelievable, and I do feel that the Instagram community is very strong,
0: yeah, and I think when you find your tribe, not that your local friends aren 't your tribe, but your reselling friends are a tribe that are related to things that you 're doing and and they understand your business, like a lot of my friends support me, obviously, and they listen to the podcast, and you know they they help me out with different things as well, but it's, it's different, you know, like our friendship is based on something different than what my friendship is based on with my local friends.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I love when, I love when, you know, my, my girlfriends from town or family members who watch my YouTube videos or have seen me on Instagram, like I get the notification, like your friend, so-and-so just signed up on Poshmark. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're doing it. I get so excited, (laughs) you know?
0: Yeah, it's great. So I think for me, Instagram has changed my reselling. Um, journey. It's just add another layer to it where I can help people and it's helped build this podcast, which I think is great because the the word keeps getting around about our podcast. And it's still fascinating to me that people want to listen to us, you know, like it's like, it's, it's awesome. And if it wasn't for Instagram, I don't think we'd have such a big audience right now. And, um, it's just, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. It really does get the word out there, which is nice. Um, so what
0: else, what, what besides Instagram? Let's talk about YouTube.
1: Okay. You need to Uh,
0: talk about YouTube because I have (laughs) no experience when it comes to reselling in YouTube. I can tell you how to um, to edit a video to an extent and I can make graphics for it and I can hashtag the crap out of it, but that's about it. (laughs) I can't do anything else.
1: I mean, YouTube, I feel, is taking over as far as entertainment goes. I know, I remember when my kids started watching YouTube videos and I would say, come downstairs something's on tv and they'd say we don't watch tv and, and they were my son anthony he was like totally serious he was not a tv kid what well, didn't get into series or he does more now that he's in college but um he was obsessed with casey neistat who's like a lifestyle guy in manhattan like obsessed oh. with him and and david dobrik and there's there are a lot of people uh emma chamberlain like the kids are into so there's there's a lot and you know, maybe some of those people I just mentioned aren't even cool anymore. Who knows, but, um, I don't even know who they are. So maybe Oh, Casey Neistat's awesome. I love him. But anyway, I do feel like people are looking to YouTube for more entertainment and for more education. Mm -hmm. And those two things I think are, are are really like a lifeline for people. I, I, as far as I go, I mean, I started, just by doing a haul in my basement, in my pajamas, it was something that I felt like I kind of wanted to do. And I really didn't, I wasn't afraid of being on camera or anything like that. For me, it was always like, I don't know how to upload it. I don't know how to use iMovie. And I think that a lot of those are the stumbling blocks for people for getting to get started. And then there are people who are just camera shy and they may know all the technology in the world and they just don't want to be in front of that camera. But It's been another way to connect. Like I have my YouTube my Instagram friends, but I feel like I'm, you know, on on some level very connected with other people on YouTube too. Because anytime you like share a struggle with someone, like oh, as far as releasing videos or you know the attention that they're getting or something that we can all. That we all see on Instagram is like when people are trying to get to those thousand subscribers at first. So I guess I can talk a little bit about that. If you're interested in getting, I guess I can talk about monetization and such. I didn't really know what direction. Oh yeah, no, I
0: think I think just giving people a brief idea of how you can use YouTube for your business and how it's kind of helped you expand your business and reach a different audience. I think yeah, for
1: sure. I think that's
0: the big thing about YouTube where. You know, it can be scary in terms of being in front of the camera and all that kind of stuff, and you don't really know people are going to watch you. But I, I really think if you're growing your business or you want to grow your business, that it's YouTube it, is an avenue you can use. Oh, yeah, it's a huge opportunity for you to use YouTube.
1: Yes, so um, anyone can do it. And I just started, and for a very, very long time, I had very few views, and that was fine. And I remember the days when I had like you know ten views on my video and and i felt so accomplished that day that 10 people took the time and i still feel that way no matter what the number is at the bottom of that video i'm appreciative you know for everybody who takes the time to watch one of my videos but um in in order to get started or to get getting start getting paid you need a thousand subscribers so for me i started my youtube page my youtube channel in january of 2019 And in August, I reached a 1,000 subscribers. How difficult
0: do you think it was for you to reach that 1,000? Like, what did you have to do on your end to get to that 1,000?
1: I mean, you have to consistently put out content. It's almost a little bit like Poshmark or eBay. The more you list, the more you sell. So the more I put out content, the more views I would get. So I think putting out content consistently is key. For me, I don't have a schedule. because That's like the kiss of death for me. The second I say, I'm going to put a video out every Tuesday and Friday, I will, something will come up and it won't happen. And so I don't have a schedule. So many people do. And I believe if I did have a schedule, it would help my business on YouTube, but I don't have a schedule at this time. Um, So consistently listing. And one of the things that was very natural for me, I was very comfortable with it is just responding to comments because there is an algorithm on YouTube The more you respond to comments, you know, it's showing that you are an interactive channel. You're commenting back to people. So if you have, and and every time you comment, it's basically a point in your favor. So if I have 10 people comment on a video and then I respond to those 10 people, now I have 20 comments on my video and that goes into the algorithm. So I think your thumbnail is really important. Um, for a while, I didn't know how to upload a thumbnail. So YouTube will pick three options for you in <laughs> there. Nine, yeah, ten times out great. of 10. Yeah, 10 times out of 10, they're not the one you would choose because they're right. basically just taking a freeze frame at right. three random times in your video. And they're saying, you know, choose one of these for your thumbnail. So for a while want to I was- I those three. <laughs> right. Can you, can, is there like a reset there button? We can, <laughs> yes, I want three more options. So once I started to- learn how to, um, you know, and even my, my thumbnail pictures continue to evolve and I'm still not set on like a particular style or format, but, um, so your, your engagement matters, your consistency matters. And, and sometimes I just feel like your content matters, your presence matters, your lighting matters. I mean, think of the things that you watch that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. So if you are watching something that's dark and dreary and and the person looks less than enthusiastic to be there and they're showing you you know wrinkled dirty things out of a bag for, you know like it's just like you got to take everything into account i don't necessarily like get completely glammed up for my videos but i do and this is just me like i love 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 so many people who do nothing like they they get on and their hair is in a bun and you know, there's mascara under their eyes. And I love that about them. It's just, maybe it's a confidence thing for me. Maybe I'm just not confident enough to show you myself at 7am with no makeup, you know, and I don't, I definitely, and this is whatever, but I I am older too. Like, I feel like I have to have a little bit of me. I don't look like I looked when I was 25, you know, it's different. So I try to have some sort of a professional level and so once you get to your 1000 subscribers you then need 4000 watch hours. So interesting. Uh, my son is the one who encouraged me to apply for monetization. I didn't realize it was a thing. I didn't I didn't know when you got paid for it being on YouTube. Right. And you end up you get paid f- through a company called AdSense. You don't get a check from YouTube. You get a check from AdSense and they choose to advertise on your channel when you've reached that criteria. So you have to have the Thousand subscribers, four thousand watch hours, and then they screen you to make sure that your content is appropriate, that you're not infringing on copyright, um, on copyrights, or you know using foul language and that sort of stuff. So that got cleared for me. So I actually applied for monetization. I had the thousand subscribers, and within that week, I hit. Four thousand watch hours, so I think I was there were a lot of people that hit the one thousand, and then it seems like a lot of lag time between and I don't know if it's just because I applied late, like I must have had a little over a thousand when I applied because right. it didn't occur to me that this was a thing I could do <laughs> um, so I hit my watch hours within that same week, and I also think that I tend to have longer YouTube videos. Some people click off, like you get analytics like crazy on YouTube, like how how long people are watching, the demographic of who's watching, how many likes versus dislikes, all this stuff. So a lot of my videos in the beginning were a long haul. So they were 45, 50 minutes. So if people were tuning in and they decided to watch the whole haul, I think that really helped up my hours. But I never really thought much at all about my hours because I hit it pretty quickly after I got monetized. So I have a question
0: if someone, cause I have a habit of doing this. So if I'm watching your video, Lori, and I, I sign off. Right. And then I go back to it later. Does it show you that? Does, the, does that count as one viewing or does that split it up into two?
1: Like how does that work? I am sure there is a place for me to know that information, Daniela. And <laughs> I don't know. The I was answer just curious. That. No, I know there is a woman. If anybody is interested in growing their YouTube channel, Her name is Kath and she is called the content bug. Oh my gosh. She is like my latest binge watching. She's incredible. She experienced some of the most incredible growth on YouTube I have ever heard of. She went from like seven, I think it took her over a year to get monetized and she had like 700 followers and then she like exploded. And she was at first talking about blogging and Pinterest and how to like build up your Pinterest page and blogging editing or something. I don't, and I don't know how she started, but she's evolved into basically like helping people grow their YouTube channel and, you know, tips and tricks. And she's just amazing. She's, In in her editing, she's very meticulous about her editing and she's very deliberate about everything and she shares all aspects of her business with you. And um, so I've been watching her a lot and I've learned from her and she's big into the analytics of YouTube. So there, she would probably know how to answer your question. I just know it will say, if I have a 40 minute video, it will say, you know, the average watch time is 19 minutes say for example, which actually is not bad. And I don't know if that means that includes that you watched 19 minutes and then signed off. And then when you came on for the other 21 minutes it counts that that will count. Or if it counts as the 40 minutes altogether. I have no idea how that works. I don't know. But it's really interesting. Sometimes there's a there's a place in the analytics will it will show you live like how many people are right now viewing your video and then how many viewed it in 48 hours and it will say, you know, when you go to the analytics, like this, this video is taking off. It's 40% higher than normal, or this video's not doing well. Right. It's less than normal. So you can get a lot of information off YouTube um, analytics. Imagine if Poshmark did that. I think it all the time. Ugh. If Poshmark did a fraction of the no. analytics on YouTube, we would all be so, we would just know so much more about our business. Just to
0: see real time who in what area is looking in our closet? Like, is there a trend going on there? Like, I would love to know that because that would change my sourcing, you know, like that would just change so much for me because I would have more information as to what's working and why.
1: Yeah. And on eBay, they do have that feature. They have the watch yeah. feature. So like the, the Rothy's, the limited edition Rothies that I picked up. Did I, I, tell I, paid- those? No, I did not. I have them priced so high, Daniela. They're not going to sell right away, yeah. and I'm, you know, I'm I'm getting ready to drop the price on them. But I promoted the listing on eBay, which is something you can do. You can pay like a percentage of what, um, you yeah, pay a percentage it, it, it depends, of what's great right? the fee is or whatever. So I think yeah. I have a two percent boost on that eBay people are probably cringing at my description. No, we have that. no idea, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but it no, is promoted okay. and you pay. I'll pay two percentage of the final sale. That's what it is. So depending on your percentage, I did 2%. So whatever it sells for, eBay will take an additional 2% when it sells because they promoted it. But those shoes have like over 600 views and it's crazy to me. And, but that gives me a lot of information. I'm like, well, clearly people are interested in these Rothy's. What I don't know, I say this all the time on eBay. I think a lot of other resellers are looking to see what things are selling for. They'll watch things to see what it sells for. They're not necessarily interested in buying. They just want to know what I sell it for.
0: So funny story. There was this girl, I don't know if it was eBay or Poshmark, it may have been Poshmark. She liked an item so when people like things i like to just kind of check them out and see you know are they new or whatever sometimes if they're new i reach out to them just because they're brand new and they probably don't have experience on the app Um, so I went on and clicked on her closet and she liked my item because she's selling the exact same pair. So she wanted information to see like what I had in my listing and what kind of pictures I had for them and stuff. So, I mean, I'm guilty of that too. I've totally done that in the beginning. Oh yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, that is the nature of social media. I mean, so many of us are getting ideas from other people and you know, well, if they sold it for this, mine are either better or worse right. off or less wear more wear and maybe i should price mine here and let's see how hers sells and yeah, yeah. there's like information sharing like crazy <laughs>
0: yep 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 so yeah let's, let's let's see if daniella will do youtube in the future i don't know i
1: think you should go for it why not i mean it's yeah. it definitely you're definitely vulnerable i didn't really touch on that you do um i i feel like i've been lucky knock on wood i haven't gotten too many nasty really not not many, I, I can think of five maybe offhand where people were said something that wasn't nice, but it was never like personal. It was more about, you know, like I, I found a bathing suit at the bins that was, that had the, the liner. This was a yeah. recent one. And, um, and I said something like, you know, this is basically new without tags. I didn't market it that way, but I just said, I said that in my video, like this is basically right. new without tag because it has the strip in it, the, the sanitary little, you know what I'm talking about. And so someone wrote back, Oh, um, so I see, I see your method. You pull something out of a dirty bin and you tell your customers it's new without tag. I'm like, oh "My God, not really what I was saying, but you know, <laughs> so like I've gotten like a couple like that. Um, but not many. So you are vulnerable. I feel like it heightens a lot of your insecurities like when I watch back my videos I'm like oh my gosh Lori how many times are you going to do x y or z or oh you really need to color your hair Lori or oh my gosh like like, I get (laughs) and I probably you know we are all pretty critical of ourselves like sometimes I overthink it but um but no it's it's actually really fun and once you get rolling and once you learn how to edit out the nonsense it's even better you know (laughs) I think, I think my thing is, I don't know if I want to spend the time on it, you know, it's on a, YouTube. It's hugely time consuming. Yeah. I probably should touch on that. Yeah. So like if I'm doing a, if I'm doing a haul video, it's like, you know, you have to put the stuff in order. And some people like Mick Thrifty. she's amazing. And her hauls are always so, um, you know, she has everything on a hanger. It looks like everything's already been steamed likely listed sometimes. And it's very, sometimes I'm just pulling stuff out of a bag, but depending on how much time there's time that goes into, you know, prepping and then the video part. And then I think the editing though, is the real time sucker for me. And that's my own issue. Like some people, they don't edit at all. And I, I freaking love their videos and watch them more than anything, but me, I'm an, I edit. So that takes some time. Yeah, it does. And then depending on how many videos you're trying to put out in a week, I try to do about two a week. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, like Nicole State, I think is doing one every single day. Like, I don't know how she does it. I mean, Joe helps her with the,
0: yeah with, with the her egg. listings and yeah. stuff, but mm-hmm. you know,
1: I, I could not do reselling full time and YouTube every single day. And, and I think that's something also that we can touch on in this conversation is how you know we started reselling like oh i'm going to sell some things from my closet or oh i'm going to make an extra couple hundred dollars a month and now it's evolved social, yeah it's evolved and social media takes up so much time of mine now and sometimes i'm like what what am i doing here i mean is is social media my gig now or right well, it's it really not
0: in, no but it goes hand in hand now you know that's the way it's it's kind of shaped itself where your social media will help build your reselling business and vice versa
1: yeah. So there's, there's the Instagram and then there's YouTube, and now we have the podcast and then I'm reselling full time. And and sometimes I just like really get overwhelmed with how much information I'm trying to process through. Mm-hmm. So. And, I'm th- and, and
0: just to throw it out there to everyone who's on our thrifters Villa Instagram page, I know it's been kind of dead. And that's just because Lori and I are working on a lot of different things right now to build thrifters Villa and there'll be more information to come on that. And the next few months, um, so content's a little slow on that page, but we are planning some some great things
1: so Yeah. And I mean, as far as our Thrifters Villa um, Instagram goes, I mean, I think the most important thing, and and Daniela does run our Instagram page. So thank you, Daniela. Um, But you know, she's always doing a good job, like letting everybody know when our content's coming out, what our subjects are, teasing, if we have like a special guest and all that fun stuff. So yeah, I I think it's great that we even have one, Daniela. You do a great job with it.
0: You know, it's, it's a lot to manage because I know we have some ideas of what we want to do with this side of our business with the podcast. And it's just difficult to, um, I think dedicate the time that I would like to it because I'm trying to do other things as well. You know? So I think it's just trying to find that balance in having the content I think already created ahead of time so that it's easier for me to just publish it out. Um, yeah but that will come with time. I mean, my, per, my business Instagram, my Ivy and blush one, um, that took time too. That was a good two, three months of me, like finding my flow. And now it's just easy for me. And it will be the same way with the thrifters Villa one, you know, and I think it's nice to have a page, a business page dedicated just to the podcast because it brings different people in to, um, comment and share different things with us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've gotten a lot of comments on like sales I've made or YouTube comments that people are like, "Oh, I'm so excited about your podcast." Like, I love YouTube, but it's so much easier to listen than to watch when I'm working. And I think that is something that a podcast, especially for resellers, is so exciting because we are always constantly I am so ADD now. Like, I I get anxious if I'm in my basement listing and it's silent. Like, I either need to be watching a YouTube video or listening to a podcast or you know, watching Ellen DeGeneres or whatever's on Netflix, right. like right. I need the background noise. I'm so reliant on it now that podcasts are a great thing. I, I listened to Quenby and um, yeah. Leslie's interview. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this morning. And it was so good. I know. Two of like the kindest people on social media. I can say that with confidence. And um, yeah, it was great. And then I listened to Leslie's um, podcast about her book that she just um, for Reseller's Guide. and. I just love it. Like, I I love it. So anyways, yeah, it's, it, but it's a lot of juggling. (laughs) It is social media in
0: general is a lot of juggling and I will briefly touch on Facebook. We both don't use it. So we don't really have much to say, but in terms of like trying to find groups, maybe and groups of people that have similar interest in reselling, there's tons of that out there on Facebook. You can ask to join a group. There's analytic groups, um, there's eBay groups. I mean, you name it, there's a group for it out there. And it's kind of like a forum style, right? You're liking things, you're commenting, you're asking questions, you're engaging with people. There's live shows. Um, it, kind of similar to Instagram, right? But a
1: little different. They are basically the same company. So a lot of the similar features. Yeah, it is but- a little different. I think mm-hmm. it's whatever your comfort level is. One of the face groups that I never comment because I have very little to contribute to it. But um, do you ever, did you ever follow the Crazy lamp lady? No. Um she does hard goods and she's adorable and I used to watch her a lot more than I do now. I think just because I'm I'm so not a hard goods person. Um but yeah. she she basically does all thrift with me. It's like she's always in the thrift store going through hard goods, but she's, she hosts a Facebook group and they talk all about hard goods and I was excited for that because I don't know a lot about hard goods so I can like tap on that Facebook group and I can see all the different antiques and such or whatever that people are buying in hard goods and what they're flipping. And I learn; I can learn that way because I'm not a big hard goods person. So, and yeah, so I like that group.
0: Yeah. I have a couple groups that I belong to that are like not reseller related um, that I enjoy, but it's more of like, I kind of click through, I read, like you're saying, just kind of see what's going on and then click off. You know, it's not something that I really engage with too much. And like I said before, Facebook, I use more for my private life. I also have an Instagram that is like my own personal Instagram. So I have my business ones and then I have my personal one and I never let the two collide. So I kind of like to keep Facebook that way too.
1: Yeah. When I first started my business, my Instagram page, and this circling a little bit back to Instagram, um, I really didn't know who I was speaking to. And I think this is something to think about when you're starting either your Instagram page or your YouTube channel, when I first started, I'm like, am I, am I trying to sell my stuff or am I talking to other resellers? I really, it took me a while to find my voice on Instagram Mm -hmm. and to just be comfortable saying I'm a reseller and I'm talking to other resellers. And, you know, at first I was like, Hey, look at this that I bought. Do you want to buy it sort of thing on Instagram? And then it shifted. So now, now it's both, but I think everybody knows that I'm a reseller first. And if somebody wants to buy my stuff and you're watching my Instagram page or my YouTube channel as a non reseller. I mean, I sell to a lot of, I um, hope on racks to, ri- excuse me, racks to riches. She's bought something like two weeks in a row for me. And she's another YouTuber who I met through YouTube, but she's also shopping and bought something from me. And I know you do a lot of shopping too, from other resellers. So um, it's, it's, yes, it's, it's important to find your voice and see who you're talking to. And I think once you establish that, either on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, it, things come into focus once you find your voice.
0: So, I do want to shout out a friend and a listener, um, Nicole, who is Mad Gray Haze on Instagram. So, she actually uses Facebook in a really unique way, she has mm-hmm. a Facebook group that she actually sells her inventory to. So she'll oh, go forcing wow. for Yep. So kind of like an Instagram sale, but she's doing mm-hmm. it on Facebook and she's doing it live. So think of like um, all the LuLaRoe sellers, like what they used to do. They used yes, to live. Yes. She's doing mm-hmm. the same thing, but with her clothes that she's buying at the thrift store.
1: That's so awesome. This is what's so cool. And oh my gosh, can we please shout out Mira for a second? Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So if any of you heard um, our Modern Beat episode, which was like episode two or three, where we went to Maine to the Goodwill Outlets with our friend Mira, Mira has evolved into this freaking genius of reselling. She, so not only does she do live Instagram sales, if you're not following Mira on, at the modern beat, you have to, um, she just hit 2000 subscribers or followers on Instagram, but she's at the bins selling stuff live. So she's finding stuff and it's stuff that she doesn't necessarily, want to sell in her Poshmark closet because maybe it's gonna sit a little longer or maybe she's like getting a little tired of like peddling to all the different consigners. But you know, it's stuff that's quality and she knows somebody will want it for the right price. So she's, she's opened up her own web page, And she's offering like $5 shipping on the first item and then free on the rest of the pieces you buy within a week span. And then she ships everything on Friday. But she's literally at the Goodwill outlets and showing things. And like, this is $5, $8, $12, $20. And then if people don't buy it by the time she leaves, she leaves it there. So she's not going home with all this questionable inventory. It's absolutely brilliant.
0: Yeah. I love what she's doing. And now that she has a Shopify store and everything, it's, it's great. And I think that's another thing that I kind of have in the back of my head. And I've, I've kind of talked about it a little bit with a few Instagram friends and um, you know, maybe evolving my business a little bit more into more website based, kind of like a Shopify thing. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's something that I've thought about, and there's other things I've thought about, like maybe doing a pop-up shop somewhere, now that the weather's getting nicer. The only problem I run in with that is you have to invest money to do a pop-up shop, right? Like, you have to pay for rental space and for a booth or something, and then that becomes a
1: little difficult, because what if you don't make that money back while you're there, you know? so I mean, I think with anything like that, Daniela, I look at it like, you know, all the craft fairs and things like that, or even... Even when I think in terms of Posh Fest, um, it's a networking thing. It's something where yeah. now that you have a presence and you 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 know you're on Instagram, you have a podcast. You know maybe somebody doesn't buy something, but now maybe they're going to follow the podcast or they're going to follow you on Instagram. And maybe you do an Instagram sale, and then they'll buy from you. It's a lot of seed planting at those types of events. I feel so they may not always be money makers, but I used to sell like Creative Memories and I did Mary Kay for years, and I did a lot of those like little. Crafty booth sales where I would spend fifty dollars and I would get like three contacts and make like twenty bucks that day. Yeah, but yeah. some of those contacts led to business. So if it's like a pop up opportunity, that might be just a great way to get your name out there. Yeah, these are
0: ideas that I have in my head. You know, we'll see. Yeah,
1: we'll see I mean, I think generally we are going to see a huge surge in Instagram sales. I feel exactly. like that is a big thing right now, and it's easy and it, it's one of those things that's a win win the seller is unloading inventory and not paying fees to Poshmark or eBay and the buyer is getting inventory at a lower lesser price so i'm definitely going to start doing instagram sales once i once my business is just more in order like empty hanger is doing like t-shirt sales on friday or she's doing like insta hauls but only on fridays as far as i know right. so whatever your format is and you know mira's got her live sales i just think that that is the direction we're going into i think as far as reselling is evolving, I think that's the next thing. It's not the next thing. It's here. Like A lot of people are doing it now.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the part of me that's always like, hmm, maybe I should just have my own, my own website, almost like what um, Voyage is a Verb does, right? What Kristen and Kevin do, they have twice our mm-hmm. cost where they're going out, they're buying things, and then they're just selling it to people at twice the cost. And then they're figuring in the shipping cost with that. And it's added to the price or however they're doing it, right? So- yep there's less fees involved. I'm making more money if I do something like that. You know? And I
1: think what people, if you're like an early reseller listening to this podcast, I think all of these people who are branching out the names that we're mentioning are people who are already established resellers. And they're yes. people who you've built your brand and you have a following. And so people trust you. They've maybe ordered from you before or they've been following you on Instagram at least. And you know, if you decide to sidestep and go into a different business adventure, you're going to bring your people with you. It's like bringing your clientele to a new platform. And I think people will do well. I think it may take longer if somebody's like brand new to reselling and they just decide like, I'm going to open a Shopify store. And then they're upset. Like, Oh, I may not have the traffic I wanted at first. I think that once you take some time to build your name and your brand, that's a really great time to, I mean, kudos to people who want to start you know, hit the ground running with direct sales. But I think you learn a lot about yourself and your business, you know, through using the platforms that make your life a little bit easier. And then you can see what works.
0: Yeah. There's no right or wrong way either. Like however you decide to do your, to run your business and what platforms you put it on is whatever works for you. And, you know, Lori and I toy with all these ideas too, but we're comfortable with what we're comfortable with. So, you know, we, Mm -hmm. we just like to, put it all out there for you guys so you can kind of see what's happening in the community and what we're doing what we might do in the future because we don't even know
1: yeah, no, I mean, the, the the landscape is forever changing for me, at least. And, you know, I know that I have a really busy spring coming up. My daughter's graduating from high school. I'm not sure where my son's going to be this year. If he has an internship, it may be in Boston. It may be in California. I don't know if he's going to be living home. Um, you know, we're, we're doing a little traveling this summer. Like Life is just always moving <laughs> very fast. <That> and, is. <laughs> and working from home full time, it's it's always like a juggling act, trying to see where I can my attention in that day or week or moment, you know? Right. So let's
0: kind of shift gears a little bit, Lori. Let's talk about some tools that might not necessarily be social media platforms, but things that help us within our business that may involve social media. So yes. for example, you had mentioned Skillshare. I know you're gonna have a video on that. So I don't know how much you want to tap into that, but there's also Fiverr, which we've briefly mentioned. And then mm-hmm. Fiverr, offers
1: different um uh what would you say like different uh like if i mean designing i got my logo through fiverr so if everybody if anybody you know my little lori's boston found somebody designed for me on fiverr
0: yeah so they there's people that design different services what i was trying to think they're They're freelancers they're
1: freelancers who offer different services for you know of
0: Whatever. So there are people that share, people that will follow for you, people that will list for you. There's people that create images for you, people that edit your audio for you, they'll edit your videos for you. Basically, whatever there is to do within the business realm, like transcribers, there's something there for everyone. And it's, it's a paid service. So you'd have to find someone and, and,
1: you know, talk to them. And it's worldwide. Like the girl I think who designed my thing was from Pakistan. I mean, there's, and the prices vary quite a bit and the the level
0: experience, right? It's an experience. Exactly.
1: So you can see, I mean, they can price themselves at whatever they want to price themselves at, I believe. However, if they if they've only done three jobs, then they only have three reviews, you know what I mean? So you can, you can see like, it's like purchasing on Amazon. You can see the reviews, you can see how many peop how many jobs they've completed and what the reviews are and such. So, but it's a great resource if you're like, I was really struggling with my logo. I still don't love it, love it, but I'm okay with it. But, um, but yeah, like I could probably rework it and send it to somebody else and see what they can do with it. But it's it's really fun to see what graphic designs they come back with. And, you know, you can spend anywhere from $5 to 5,000, depending on what services you want.
0: Yeah. And then, so Skillshare is similar, right, Lori? I've never looked into it, but.
1: Yeah. So I actually just signed up for Skillshare. They're actually sponsoring an upcoming video for me. So this is why I'm doing some work with them. And, um, but it happens to be a video that, I'm doing on social media. So I'm going to have a YouTube video similar to what we're doing here. But I'm talking more about like resale specific like um, mm-hmm. apps that I use on my phone to do photo editing. Like I'm, I'm talking about like Pick Tap Go and Pick Collage and things like that for my photo editing specifically. And then I touch on other things. But so like I mentioned earlier, yes, yeah, Skillshare, anything, you know, there's a lot on photography. It's, it's for creators. They They don't really want to focus on like school and education and learning. It's more, they want more of like a creativity outlet vibe for their companies. So it's more like, you know, if you're a creator, you can go on and you you can learn about calligraphy or you can learn about, you know, some photographs in natural lighting or photographing your pet. There's so many. And then there's different teachers and same thing. Like the teacher's may have more experience or they're promoted teachers, or I think they have Skillshare and like Skillshare pro where you might pay a little more. There's, there's some hierarchy of like what you get access to much like Canva that we can talk about. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, I'm going to say classes, but they don't want you to say classes, but like workshops or something to that effect where you're learning something. I right now am trying to decipher how much more value I get from Skillshare versus YouTube because YouTube is free. So, um, but they have like settings where people can write to the instructor and it seems a little bit more interactive. Like you can get feedback from the instructor or from the creator. And, um, you know, it will say how many people are like taking that creative course or whatever. So I haven't really seen yet the value of that versus YouTube. That's just my own experience, but there's, I'm just, scratching the surface now. So I'm excited about this class and course I'm taking right now. I keep correcting myself. Um, but yeah, so it's again, one of those things you can, you can go online now without a membership and you can look and see what they have available and then see, and they usually do some free trial periods or such like that. So there'll be a promotion. There'll be some sort of a um, promotion that I attach to my video. If people want to check it out, that will be out on March 3rd.
0: Nice. Um, the other, I think there's a group of like editing apps that a lot of resellers use. So there's like Lightroom, Pick, Tap, Go, Snapseed. I'm sure there's others out there. These are great for editing your photos that to go along with your listings um, of your items. I personally use Lightroom and Snapseed. But yeah. on Lightroom, what I do is I download presets. So I purchase presets off of um, Etsy or social media in general and I'll put yep. them in Lightroom and that's what I use for my photo editing and then I'll go into Snapseed and and maybe um you know make a little bit brighter or or do something along those lines I'm not 100% comfortable with Lightroom like I'm comfortable using the presets and adjusting them a little bit but I'm not like deep diving into Lightroom um, so
1: Daniela is Lightroom like the abridged version of Adobe Photoshop yes Okay, that's what I thought.
0: And they have Um, an app. So I use the app on my phone. Um, But like my sister is a graphic designer. So if I am ever having issues with certain photos, I usually just send them off to her. I'm like, Hey, help me. And she'll go into Photoshop. And she'll, um, she'll do more advanced editing
1: for me on certain things. So
0: but in my
1: next life, I'm going to be a graphic designer. Like it's like the one (laughs) thing I wish I was really much better than I am at and I encourage my kids. I'm like, it's the wave. Like you need to know how to edit and do graphic design. And it's so it's, true. it's my next life thing. So that's really nice. Your sister's a designer. That's great. Yeah.
0: She is that's just incredible. A designer. Um, there's different uh, apps for layouts. So like Instagram has their own layout app where you can do
1: collages and stuff. So that comes in handy too, when you're listing sometimes. Yep, that's one of the things I talk about in my video. It's just called mm-hmm. layout. You can download it and. You know, if P- if you want, like, if you're photographing, like, a maxi dress or skirt, and it's, like, a long, narrow thing, and it looks weird in the center of a square, yep. as, we, you know, um, you can do, like, side-by-side, like, front and back, and I use that all the time.
0: Yeah, I think that comes in handy when it, when especially if there's, like, a maybe a wear mark or something, or there's like different marks on an item and you can't get it in the eight photos that Poshmark allows, which I think is, I think there should be 12 at least.
1: I know, I know.
0: Whatever, you know, but it helps in those instances. Uh, then we have Canva, which, uh, a lot of people do use in the I social love media. World. That's I probably do. my
1: favorite thing. I
0: mean, I use it for work purposes too. And I used it previously at my other employment as well. I mean, there's just so many things you can do with it you can create resumes and letterheads and logos. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Infographics, whatever you want, Canva has it, you know, and it's free. You can pay for the paid version, obviously. And it's, I think, uh, I don't know how much it is. I'm not going to say how much it is. I, I don't remember how much.
1: It I don't know. I use the free version, but I have paid, I paid for graphic this morning, actually $1 for like the little graphic for my, to promote my buy one, get one free sale. Um, But yeah, I, and I use them every single time I do my thumbnails probably for the past, I don't know, nine to 10 months. I didn't at first, but because it, it figures all of the measurements for you, Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. for these preset things. So like you can, you can do a post for free from them for an Instagram story, for an Instagram post for a YouTube banner, for a YouTube thumbnail. I mean, they make it so easy and their templates are beautiful. And I don't know, I think it's just such a great option.
0: And there's so many um, photo options too. If you go into the photo section, you can search any word you can think of and there'll be photos that pop up up for it. There's also websites like unsplash.com. There's a couple other ones where there's photographers that take photos and they allow us to use it for free as long as you give them credit when um, you're posting them. You know, so there's there's lots of things out there to help create really pretty images for social media. Now, in terms of like business related things that we use, there's obviously Excel or Numbers. If you have a Mac to for your record keeping of your inventory, there's also things like QuickBooks or Expensify. And I'm sure there's other things out there as well that I don't know that you can use to track your expenses. So. Yeah,
1: it's really nice. I mean, I, I try to think of what being a reseller in like 1995 would have looked like. Yeah, <laughs> It's just like it's, Very it's different. everything is at our fingertips now. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of like um, taking it all in and learning it, but everything is there for you. Um, and you just have to do the work. You have to put the time in and get to know it all. So
0: especially if I, this is your business, right? Like it it's a job so you have yeah you have to own it you have to own
1: it and you have to put the time in and yeah and and luckily that there is Instagram and and there are places where you can be inspired by other people and you can learn from other people and and then just kind of do your own thing go from there
0: yeah I agree all right it is time for our take it or leave it segment Lori
1: bum, bum, bum. All right. I'm excited. Oh, no! Oh, we got a nope. phone Sorry. call. Who's calling me? Never a dull moment, friends. Nope. Never at my house. Never a dull moment. Okay. We have dinner reservations. So I think that may have been my friend calling, but no, I still have 45 minutes before dinner. We're good. Okay. Take it or leave it.
0: Yes. Today we're going to talk about shoe brands.
1: Fun. I'm I love look at shoes. These. I'm looking at the list here. Okay. Yeah.
0: I love shoes. Shoes are like one of my favorite things to source and clean mm-hmm. and take pictures of and sell. So these are
1: all hard ones. You I know I made one. them really hard, right?
0: You, <laughs> you really
1: did. All right, I'm excited, but I feel like Here these are
0: is. ones that people have questions on. This is why I put them on the
1: list. Okay. All right, first I'm one. Not we'll, excited. I'm not excited about any of them. Well. Okay, let's go, Coach. Um, I
0: will pick up Coach uh like sandals or like like uh heeled sandals or boots or rain boots snow boots ankle leather booties if they are priced under 9.99 which is impossible to find at
1: savers yeah that's a lot to think about
0: <laughs> yeah because every time i find coach it's like 27.99 and and no
1: I feel like they're getting a little bit cheaper, but I'm actually just looking up right now on my thing. Okay, so I have sold one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven coach items in my year and a half of doing this. And I have sold two pairs of shoes, a pair of ballet patent leather espadrilli type of things for 25 bucks that I got at the bins and loafers for $34.
0: I've sold a lot of coach boots that I found at a good price, like snow boots and rain boots. And those Mm -hmm. go for a much higher value. So like I want to say anywhere between 45, 50 to 80, depending on condition,
1: right? Um, I think it depends on the style for me. A lot of coaches outdated. I am not a fair fan of signature stuff that has the C's all over it. Nope. I love old school buttery, leather, soft stuff. Um, I have a pair of the coach signature sneakers in my, and they're actually cute. They have like a green and navy patent leather stripe, but they're the signature sneakers. And um, I think I paid $4 for them at Savers and they've been sitting forever. So I'm kind of a pass on coach. I pass on a ton of coach and I I, don't feel like my Savers marks it really high. I just don't love it.
0: Yeah. I pass on a lot of it too. It has to be priced really well um, or it's for my personal collections. I personally like to buy coach shoes for myself. Like I like to go to the outlet and they have really comfortable sneakers and I do like their shoes for me. Uh, okay. so I've sold my own coach stuff. I don't buy their purses anymore, like, but I only bought the leather. Like you said, I don't like the monogram stuff. So I only, I love them.
1: their old leather purses. I'll pick yes. those up all day long. I'd the vintage stuff, too. If it's yeah. in good condition, but yeah, yeah. the shoes man. Okay. Next Donald Kleiner. Okay. I typically pass on this brand.
0: I do have two pieces that are Donald Pliner right now because the price was right and they were cute, but no, I pass.
1: Okay. I pick it up. Yeah. See that? Yep. I it doesn't do. doesn't sell um, well for me. Um, I think I've only picked up two or three, three pair. And I'm, I'm trying, I really want to not talk on emotion. I just want to like actually say what I've sold here. So I know of two that I've sold and I think I have one pair that's sitting now. And one of the pairs I actually paid up for in New York city. And, um, I don't know I, I, yeah, I, 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 pass on it sometimes cause I feel like a lot of their styles that I find are just dated. But again, I think their quality is really nice. And so I don't pick up everything. I've definitely passed on a lot, but, um, it's not like a, Oh, Donald Pliner. I'm like, Hmm, let me check this out when I find it. Like with coach, I'm like, ugh, you know, yeah. Question.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily love all of Donald Pliner's styles, which
1: I think is why I don't pick it up. I think that's yeah. kind of it. It's kind of I don't know, older style. Okay, so I'm 50/50 here. So, I have four pairs of Donald Pliner. One were like a pair of like kitten heels, pointed toe, they sold for $35. I had some really big heel platform ones, leather like um leather that go around the ankle, they sold for $45. And then I have two listed right now. One I have listed at 62, one at 55. One are platform sandals, one are like kind of homely loafers, and um, they're sitting. So I'm 50-50 on Donald Pliner, and that pretty much sums up how I feel about them. I'll probably pass on (laughs) it 50% of the time, and other times, yeah. Okay, let's keep going. Yep. Steve Madden. I pass. I don't even bother. Okay. So for the longest time I passed on um, Steve Madden and then I was surprised that so many people, and this was definitely something that I was influenced by other resellers who talked about it all the time. Um, I feel like, I don't know, like, I feel like people will be talking about all these high-end things or giving like um, some sort of an Insta haul and they'll be showing, you know, fry boots and um, I don't know bed stew. And they'll be talking about all these different brands. And then they'll, they'll sh- throw three Steve Madden pairs of shoes at you. And I'm like, see, that just doesn't fit to me. Like that doesn't seem like yes. it's at the same level. But I feel like Steve Madden to me is a little bit like Zara. I feel like it's like that middle road. It's like a mall brand essentially. But there are some pieces that people really like. And I think that they're known for like a certain shoe. Here's a really good example. This little, my daughter just went to a DECA conference, which is like a business conference um, in Boston this weekend. And she said, you know, we can't wear sneakers. Even when we're not presenting, we have to be in business casual, but we're walking all over Copley Plaza in Boston. And last year, everybody had the little slide on Steve Madden, like their quilted leather with the white. I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking about, Angie. She's like, well, we don't have to get the Steve Madden ones. Cause I know they're like 60, 70 bucks, but let's just, we went to Target and she got like a knockoff brand, but I was surprised. And that's the second time last year, she wanted like the platform sandals that were like signature Steve Madden. Like, so I do think that we have to pay attention to the trends because I feel like Steve Madden's on top of some of the trends and it's a quick flip.
0: Yeah. See, I have one pair of Steve Madden's that have been in my closet for a year and I've listed them four times and Plato's won't take it. And they're, (laughs) yeah. And they're cute. Like embroidered that mules that they're super cute. They're like green and white and they have a pretty like pattern on them and they're brand new. No one's ever worn them. I think I got them for two ninety nine at Savers and they will not move and play dohs won't take them. And I'm just like, well- Is that I'm-
1: your only pair though that you have?
0: That is my only pair. And then, um well, Steve Madden is usually really expensive at, at my Savers. So I don't okay. pick it up. It's not worth it for me because a lot of times they want anywhere between- nine to $17 on a pair of shoes. And what am I going to make, make back on that? You know, Steve Madden's resale value isn't
1: right. Okay. So I'm 50, 50 on Steve Madden. I have a pair of blush colored leather sneakers that sold for 20 bucks. And then I had a new in box pair of pointed leather um, loafers that were actually given to me by a friend. She got them. They didn't fit her. She gave them to me. They were too tight for me. Um, And so I sold those. Those sold for $50, but they retailed for $92 and they were new in box. And then I have a pair of like the suede tassel ankle booties that have been sitting for a very long time. And then I got some funky studded like um, cinnamon colored heels. The right buyer will take these. But yeah, so I'm 50-50 on my Steve Madden sales.
0: I think Steve Madden boots probably do the best than their regular everyday shoes.
1: Okay. But that is a tough one. That's a really—I mean, there's so much Steve Madden out there that I probably pass on seventy-five percent of the Steve Madden that I see.
0: Yeah, there are times
1: I pick it up because you see it. But I also find that a lot of their stuff gets really worn, so it does.
0: And then there are times where I'm looking down the aisle, I'm like, "Oh, these are really cute," and nine times out of ten, it's Steve Madden.
1: (laughs) Well, that's what I mean about trendy. I think they do—they are on point with the trend sometimes.
0: Okay, so I typically leave it, but if it was priced right and it was cute enough, and i and there's good resell comps on it, then maybe I'll pick it up. Maybe I'll okay. add it to my list. okay,
1: okay. we'll okay. revisit that in a few yes. months, Danielle, yes. and see how you're doing with Steve Madden. <laughs>
0: Let's see. oh, this next one drives me crazy. The next me two too me crazy me too Ugh, Stuart Stuart Wiseman. yeah yeah <laughs> i I have like a headache just thinking about it, so when I first started reselling, yes, I picked it up all the time. Now I only pick up the newer styles or it has to be in like excellent condition at a really good price. And I typically don't list it. I just send it to the real, real now. Mm. I don't list them anymore. You won't get, I don't get the value.
1: Yeah. I feel like Stuart Weitzman and the next brand we're going to talk about are both associated a little bit with older like this, this yeah. was really cool in the eighties, maybe, or not, maybe not even that far back. I'm, I'm being dramatic. Um, but yeah, Stuart Weitzman, um, I picked up two Stuart Weitzman shoes at a yard sale A woman was selling her house. She was like in her seventies and they had like $300 price tags in the box. She had worn them one or twi- once or twice. And I got a pair of red heels with like a square toe, um, almost like that, like alligator skin looking style. Pumps and then a pair of jellies, which I haven't listed. That's on my list of death pile things that I need to list before midnight. Um, but anyways, n- neither have sold. And then I just inherited from a friend another pair of Stuart Weitzman silver. They look older. I mean, they're brand new, but they they're not a current style. So I'm sending those to the real real. So I don't get very excited about Stuart Weitzman. But to be honest, I've never really come across a really cool current pair, which I'm sure I'd jump all over for the right price. I tend to find all the old stuff.
0: Yeah, I find a lot of the older stuff too. I have found some current pieces as well, which did sell on the Real Real. Um, and then the pricing on the Real Real too for Stuart Weitzman is kind of all over the place. I mean, some things are priced at fifty dollars, and some are priced at one hundred and fifty. So hmm. um, I think it just depends. It's one of those brands where if it's an older style, I'm definitely leaving it, and if it And if it seems like it's something that maybe an older generation would purchase, even though it's a newer Stuart Weitzman, I am not going to get it. It has to be very current for me to pick it up now. And it has to be priced at a lower price point. Otherwise I'm not doing it.
1: Agreed. Agreed.
0: The next one. All right, go. Salvatore Ferragamo. (laughs)
1: Um, I love, I personally love
0: the shoes. I love his shoes, like the current stuff and the clothing and everything. It doesn't
1: sell. Mm. It yeah. Doesn't my. Sell. I think I may have only picked up one pair in all of my life, and I don't know that it ever sold them. I'm, I'm not even seeing it. I don't even know that I've ever listed a pair of Ferragamos. I feel like they're always older. They're always worn. They're always super narrow. Oh yeah, that's like the infamous
0: like vintage Ferragamo is it's a triple or quadruple A. So
1: Yeah, that's but, crazy. They don't yeah. They so don't I've work. never I've actually never I've I've probably passed on um, you know, nine out of ten pairs for that reason. You know, style where they're just dated, um, or they were marked too high. So that's a really tough one for me.
0: I've sold probably ten pairs myself over the last year and that wow, that's sold,
1: impressive. That's yeah, really good.
0: They've sold well, they were very unique, vintage looking ones, and a couple more, more modern. Um, and they've sold between like $45.50 to about $85. So, not a bad price point. And
1: pairs of Ferragamos that's impressive. That's yeah. really good, Danielle. Now, I
0: just send them to the real, real because yeah. once again, I just can't be bothered with it sitting for months on end. Um, there is one pair of shoes that I'm surprised I still have. They're these really cute. Uh, leather loafer style shoe and it's got a little bit of a platform on it and it's very modern, very current, very trendy and I can't move them and I've sent them to the real, real twice and they've rejected them for things. Oh, no. Like, yeah but I'm gonna send it again because what they sometimes I don't understand why they reject things and um what they're saying isn't true. Like they're saying there's interior staining and there isn't interior staining. So I'm going to send it again and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've, list, I've had them for about six months and I've relisted them three times. So I'd like to just unload them at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say leave it. I don't really pick it up anymore.
1: Unless you're super excited about it. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that was fun. I love this segment. I love doing it.
0: Yeah, me too. You have to get going. You have a dinner date to go to. Yeah. And
1: I'm in camo leggings and an oversized sweatshirt (laughs) with no makeup on. So my friend's going to be here in 30 minutes. All right, Um, guys.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Um, We have some really fun things ahead in the month of March. So stay tuned for all of that.
1: Yeah. Thank you, everybody who has been listening and supporting our channel and to people who have left messages for us and who have uh, done reviews on our podcast. We really, really, really appreciate the love. And um, I just wanted to say thank you.
0: Yeah. We really appreciate you guys and we'll see you next time.
1: Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye.